we had to guess where Jay actually is. If you've ever watched, if you ever watched that with Zach, I think it's Galifianakis. Maybe I'm butchering his last name. Maybe that's between two else. ferns. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's one where he does it with Obama, and at the end, Obama <laughs> rips this. down the thing, and then they're in the Oval Office. Yeah, and he's like, this. "You can't be here, man. You can't just record here." <laughs> so I wonder if Jay is like in another very prominent place. <laughs> In world history, we just don't know it. <laughs> That's funny. What historical location would he be at? He'd be like he'd be like in front of the Mona Lisa, like at the Louvre, and there's just a bunch of people around him. But his mic is so good; they're just letting so him. canceling. They're literally yeah. just letting him set up because of his network. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. They're like, oh, Podmaster Jay's back. It's Tuesday. Let's let him in. <laughs> <laughs> the last time he interviewed somebody nearby. They made 60 million so uh, you know no. <laughs> <laughs> well good afternoon gentlemen thanks for your patience so we got a list here actually from last week jared you said hey what are we talking about and there's a whole list of things to cover man it's like a week goes by and we like have our pick but we still have our list kind of from last week are some of those items irrelevant now yeah one of the things that i actually really i think we went to touch upon it, but we didn't actually touch upon it because of time was Jay's comment. Jay made a comment. Jay, I'm going to put you on, put you on the hot seat here. Yeah. He made a comment that ETH is oh, yeah. no longer a worthwhile investment. You want to and... talk about this in our text. Oh, message, yeah. It's like, what are we talking about? We got all these items and like, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's the second biggest market cap. It underpins NFTs. It underpins DeFi. It's definitely something to talk about. I know we're probably also going to get into some non-crypto related stuff. And I know Jay's got That's a roll fine. up next there of fun stuff. But Jay, I wanted to I wanted to press you on that and and kind of pick your brain a little bit. And is just, Ethereum dying? All right. Yeah, is Ethereum dying? Jay, you want you want to speak on this? Yeah, I I do think we when when we come out of you know sort of the this crypto bear market that Ethereum won't be as prominent as it was before. And the, the reason for that is like, we've been waiting, I don't know, how long is it? Seven years for Ethereum 2.0, um, or maybe five. And it, it just, if I feel like it's just, it's never gonna come. Like, you know, there, there are little updates every now and again, but you, you never really get the full thing. And from my perspective, like the, all of the, um, the upside, to it has already been priced into the market. So whenever it does actually happen, if it does happen, uh, it, it won't do anything to affect the price. In fact, the price will probably fall. And then on top of that, because it's so, you know, Ethereum is, is so widely used as this uh, blockchain for utility, and because the price is so high, it's outpriced a whole bunch of people in developing countries and so it's become that the it's become the blockchain of the developed country it's become the blockchain of the rich person and so isn't that the same for solana do you think solana is kind of isn't solana pretty cheap What's well price-wise solana, price -wise, solana yeah. is as affordable as cardano but mm -hmm there's there's a there's a brand around it there's a feel around it that it's the venture capitalist um uh i guess platform of choice hmm. so, so what is this idea can you give me a, give us more detail about when you say it's already priced in as the platform uh could you say the same thing another way how do you mean or what do you mean exactly or just conceptually? Yeah, con con conceptually. So we, we've been hearing about ETH 2.0 for a few years. Yeah. And we've been waiting for it for a few years. It's been promised to us for a long time. Uh, I think people have been waiting for it so long that they've already gone ahead and bought e Ethereum thinking that, okay, ETH 2.0 is about to come. So the people, so the, all of the, the ETH 2.0 benefits have already been priced in, like the price has already risen to the level where it should be for ETH 2.0. There's nowhere else for it to go because there's, you know, there's no additional value for it to add in that would increase the price. When it actually does come, me personally, I think the price is going to fall and, and that just will push people to sell and cause the price to fall down even further. 
Cause the price to fall. That's interesting. Well, and you get to an interesting point on, on that because I believe all these cryptos are actually polarizing into their role in the ecosystem. And for the longest time, it's been so hard to explain to family is Ethereum or Ether, is it a currency or is it a piece of software? And we know that the answer for all of these, we know the answer is both uh, for all of them. But in terms of public perception, they are gravitating towards one or the other. And as an investment vehicle, um, I, I might I might tend to I might tend to agree. What do you guys know about code? Are either of you coders? Are you a coder, Jay? I can debug some code. I probably couldn't build anything. So I look at GitHub. You guys familiar with GitHub? Sure. And I mentioned this, and I like to know about what people are building. What are the developers developing on? Because in terms of a market, if you could look at, uh, if you could ask us where the direction of solar markets is going, and is it going to deflate in the future? Is it going to rise? And we would look at a series of things. What are the major venture capital companies, the big 10? What are they investing in? And have they invested any money into solar? Then you'd look at the solar companies that exist and you'd say, what's their R&D budget for last year and this year? Um, and are they actually developing anything? Uh, even if they've been promising, promising and haven't delivering, are they actually developing anything? And there's a big question mark. It's hard to tell what the big makers are actually developing on. On GitHub, you can actually see what the developers are developing on. And mm -hmm. the, the underlying implication, though it's not science, the underlying implication is, well, if developers are building things, we assume that a certain percentage of those are always useful. And if they're useful, they're going to get adoption. And if they get adoption, there's going to be uh, a market for it, so to speak. And we can't know this about traditional markets, typically. But we can know about software and SaaS through GitHub I'm looking right now, I've got it up on the other screen, in terms of commits, how much finished or ready code there is for Solidity, which is Ethereum's code base. And there's over 155,000 commits on uh, Solidity right now. Um, if I were to look at Solana, this is interesting. If there's 155,000 commits to Solidity right now, Solana has 112,000, which is statistically almost neck and neck. So yeah. that would back up what Jay's saying because a lot of users, the price is lower in Solana and uh, Blossom, Blossom, who, do we know this What's guy? Up, Blossom? Blossom? Yeah, we know Blossom. Yeah, yeah. What's up, yeah, Blossom? Yeah, so Lawson goes, wow. wow. So um, Solana has almost neck and neck in terms of its commits. Um, so for the statistics that matter to me, our developers developing, that's almost neck and neck. So I'm shocked actually in this moment. I was totally going to come at you and go, no, hey, Solana is showing much slower num much lower numbers, but you might be right. You know what else you can look at is nationality backgrounds to the profiles doing commits. You can do and that? So, oh, wow. okay. Uh, it takes some digging. You have to do to dig. But to your point, when you've got the rest of the world, the developing world, and we're looking at what the developing world is working on, um, that would be interesting. Well, do you guys know, uh, Jared, I mean, your people, you've talked about having trouble talking to people about Bitcoin and stuff in Colombia, and they are a developing, they're not underdeveloped, but they're not, well, I guess Colombia is considered a developed country, right? Well, it depends where you are. Just like many countries in the developing world, if you're in an urban area in a ritzy part of town, you wouldn't know it's potentially different from, I don't know, say a developed area of the world. But if you're out in the rural areas, I mean, to be honest, it's the same in the United States. I was recently in Mississippi. And when you're driving through Mississippi, I mean, there are parts of Mississippi that look way worse. And if you look at the stats on like all the poverty metrics that you would go through, then, you know, you could, there's a real argument to be made that much of Guatemala is even better off as far as access to like healthcare, access to water, good access to education at like roads. But actually before we, before we go there, 
Okay. Because I do want to talk about Colombia later because I want to talk about international currencies because yeah. a lot is changing, especially with the dollar. I want to touch upon, can you break down what a commit means? Does that mean essentially it's a project? Can I use project as a synonym for commit in GitHub? Um, yes. Now, for the coders and developers watching, you I know they, I they know. may die. They may yeah, die. Yeah. You and, and I know. Uh, so don't don't call me out. But to the coders and developers watching, you and I know that that is not the case. But for the purposes of this show with Jared and Jay, we'll say a commit is a project. Okay. That's a really interesting stat. And I've heard these before. And even before when Solana was at $6 in February of 2021, I almost put some money in. And then it went all the way up to like 240 over the next 10 months. You know, my thing about Ethereum is that I agree with Jay. I think when 2.0 comes in, I do believe there's going to be some price suppression. But if you That's look at the deflationary way it's going to be set up, the amount of Ethereum is going to continue to be, you know, less as we move forward. And as people stake it and create their own nodes and create, you know, are, are, are putting their Ethereum into this thing, I'm, I'm thinking long-term it's actually going to do really, really well. And I'm always very surprised, though, that people think it's going to go to zero, um, saying that it's, you know, the, all the value has been priced in. Because one of the other things I want to say is, yes, Solana per coin is cheaper. That doesn't really mean anything. I mean, that's like the same people that buy $1,000 in Cardano because they think it's better than Bitcoin because Bitcoin's 40000 um, I think that there's a difference between price and value. And that's something that needs to be taken into account. And the overall network effect of Ethereum is just so massive right now yeah. that I don't see it changing. Um, but yeah. the thing about technology is whenever you think you're right about something, you give it 16 months and you could be really wrong. So I know that OpenSea has, and Grant, I know you're, 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 you're going to get in here with a point. I know OpenSea uh, for a long time didn't have Solana. I think now yeah. they have Solana, yeah. which is great. And it's going to be very fascinating to see in the next bull run and the next NFT, which is going to be crazy because I mean, you know, OpenSea went from having, I don't know, $60 million in profit a month to all of a sudden billion dollars in profit a month in yeah. like 12 months. Yeah. And in the next run, I can totally see some OG Solana NFTs taking off yeah. because you can get into them down. for, I don't know, two to $3,000. Whereas if you want to get into a CryptoPunks and OG Ethereum, NFT, you probably need a couple hundred thousand dollars. So I definitely do think that there is some access there. But one of the things I'm most interested about is when Ethereum goes to 2.0, because it's going off proof of uh, proof of stake, and I think proof yeah. of stake underpins security. I'm thinking about you know the 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 triangle of cryptocurrency here, where you have, and I'm going to butcher this, so I need you guys' help. But you have scalability, you have mm -hmm. security, and then you have Missing the third one. I always forget about the third Missing, one. Yeah. But you guys will maybe can look it up. But as that goes to proof of stake, I get really worried because like Solana in the last couple of weeks has gone down for like up to eight to 10 hours. My problem with Solana yeah. is that I think it's too centralized. And if we're moving towards a decentralized world, I need Solana to become a little bit more decentralized. That's like my bigger Interesting. thing. That's a larger kind of, we all want to be in this decentralized world and that's part of web three. And I think Ethereum may fit into that better than Solana or Cardano. Uh, I don't really know. I can't really speak about dot on that. But anyways, Grant, you want to, or if you guys have found the triangle, please. I think it's yeah, the scalability, the security. Jay? Yeah. He's pulling it up. I yeah. Can't, I can't find it. I'm trying to find so, it. So a fun fact about Solana encoding. Um, the fun thing about Solana that I just looked up and had to refresh myself on, this is a feature. This is why the VCs got into it. The VCs got into Solana for several reasons. A main one is that you can code onto the blockchain in standard coding language that people currently know, C mm -hmm. and Rust. And those frameworks allow, meaning there's no onboarding necessary for developers. Now, the price, Jarrett, you're talking about, um, I think we need to clarify for ourselves, but maybe also the viewers, is I agree with you from an economics, AKA financial psychology perspective of pricing. But what Jay is getting at is the price matters a shit ton to Steve-O living in a Kenyan village. I mean, who, 
I mean, it Wait, matters huge. Before you even get to Steve-O, it matters to us. If we all decided that we wanted to do a project yeah. and we had Solana and Ethereum, oh, yeah. it doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Steve-O or it's us or it's anyone. Yeah. If you can build something for a 50th of the price Correct. and get the same output and performance. That's right. And that's a great argument. This raises a great, a great point though. Do you gentlemen think so? And, and I want to bookend something and not go into it, but bookend it either for this or later. Well, well, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think we're going to a decentralized world. So if okay. your argument is Ethereum is better, which I do agree. In fact, you made this argument about Ethereum just now. If we're going more towards a decentralized world, it might have more of a shot. I would say that the crypto boys out there and crypto girls out there and myself included crave a decentralized future, but I don't believe it's in human nature or it's in corporate nature. So they're going to have their way. So I believe the holdouts will stick to Ethereum because it does reflect a little more decentralization and scratch that itch for a longer run than Solana. You're absolutely right about Solana and being down for days. It's been down for days in the past. Um, but going back to the pricing, the pricing does matter because in a standard business, we would ask ourselves, what's the cheapest I can get my materials for? Then what's the price I can charge for it? And that arbitrage is huge. With crypto, because all the information is right in front of you, the gap between the cost to me, the maker, and the price in the market is very tiny. So our spreads get very small because I can look and say, what's Ethereum at? And I can look and say, what's Cardano at? So you just made a great point. If the three of us were to start an NFT project right now, what would we pick? Now, I would pick Cardano. I just looked at, fun fact, I just looked at the GitHub commits. There's only 30,000 GitHub commits compared to the 155 and the 115 for Cardano, which saddens me, but it's true. But I would pick that because of the cost. But here's the trick about cost. What's the public perception of Cardano NFTs? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And exactly. So, so, so when it comes to Solana, though, from a psychology perspective, when it comes to Solana, like D-Gods and like uh, what was the other Dragons one I really like? And then they have this Mech Warrior thing that I really dig, too. Their cost is low, but they've managed somehow to maintain some perception that's not like the cheapo version. And so they might be able to give the biggest run in the next bull market, man. You raised some really good points there. What's your thoughts, Jay? I, I see you ruminating on something. No? Maybe I missed Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm with you. I think I'm on on the Cardano. I, I feel like it, it, Cardano's time to to sort of come back to the forefront. They they had a little bit of moment in, in, in the sunshine like I don't know 2017 or something like that. And and then you know the the just the whole ecosystem just sort of flipped on them. It's their yeah. time to come back, and then maybe it's time for for us to see XRP come back and, and some of the the older ones that 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 didn't really get their their fair due. Do you guys, do either of you find that these days when you start thinking about these, are you thinking about them holistically or are is their use case starting to get fixed in your mind? Like, oh, Bitcoin, digital gold, Ethereum, software, Solana, software, Ripple. What? Like, are you already categorizing things when you talk about it or, or how do you think about it when you bring up like Ripple or whatever it is? I, I think... think I yeah, go ahead. Go for, or I, I was just gonna say, I, I, I think I still think about it in like the the narratives uh, sense. You know, like everything that's happening with the founders and the ecosystem and stuff. It hasn't, it hasn't fully been ingrained to me. Like what the exact mm -hmm. use cases of each of these mm -hmm. things are yet. Mm -hmm. I feel the same way, even just about Solana and Ethereum. I think we haven't even scratched 1% of the possibility that smart contracts are going to give to society. Mm -hmm. And until that happens, I can't really wrap my head around which horse is potentially better. You know, if we go mm -hmm. back to the, the, Hey, you have a hundred thousand dollars sitting there and you can only buy Solana or Ethereum. What do you do? Mm -hmm. I think that's a really tough question right now. And I think the safe would be go 50, 50, 50 K in a Solana, 50 K into ETH and then see what happens. Mm. I, I'm interested to see, I'll be, I'll eat my words, but I'll be very surprised if Solana in the next bull run outtakes Ethereum. I outtakes. think Ethereum, 
uh, overtakes their market cap. Right now, Ethereum's market cap is more than 10 times Solana's. That's not to yeah. say it's not going to swing. But historically, with the last two bull runs where Ethereum only came out in 2015, I believe, Ethereum just tracks Bitcoin almost somewhere between 8 to 12%. And if it ever cracks that 12%, that's where it's like it's really going in a high ascension as far as price. But I... So hold on, wait, I want to add, I want to add in this real time. Uh, Blossom says, I feel Cardano won't do much regarding NFTs. Adoption seems centered on Solana Ethereum. So yeah, okay, I'm in the flow of Solana and Ethereum. Yeah. I want to almost, we can table that if you want to, your whole decentralized world versus centralized. Sure. <laughs> but I think in that centralized narrative, I, I think Solana may win out. I think in the decentralized narrative, I yeah. think Ethereum may win out. But the other thing about Ethereum, like I said earlier, is the network effect. And I think that this is something that is just needs to be kind of spoken about more. And what I, what I mean yes. by that is more people have exposure to it. If yes. I'm at NFT NYC and there's a guy next to me and I say, hey, man, I want to buy this NFT off this, off this woman right here. She's going to sell it to me, but I don't have any Ethereum right now in my wallet. And it's going to take me too much time and she's got to get in a car and I have five minutes. It'd be easier for me to find someone who has Ethereum yeah. that would do that. And then I could Venmo them or give them some fiat or we'd figure it out post than it would be Solana. And yeah. I think as you move forward, there's just so many more people that have Ethereum kind of in the chamber, if you will, because they're mm. able to use it. And I Not do think even just as NFTs, but just in currency in a wallet. Not even mm -hmm. just as NFTs, just being able to move it because more people have it. You want things that more people have if we're coming down to a transactional value and it having some kind of like value in society. Like yeah. I could go to Colombia and I could ask a hundred people that are into crypto. If I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I think in the September, October is going to be a conference down there. Maybe we should all meet up. Maybe we should even just do this. Let's stop a hundred people. And they'll have no idea who even not crypto bros are, maybe because we're not having yeah, yeah. Spanish yet. <laughs> and we'll just say, hey, we're going to give you, you know, one US dollar if you just answer this question. And you give them a tablet and you say, what do you, and we get them to show, or we, you know, what do you own right now? Interesting. And of that, what do you own more of? Just those two yeah. questions. It'd be very interesting to, you know, aggregate that and look at that. I yeah. think that that should be taken into account. One of the things I always remember is Malcolm Gladwell. His book, and I can't remember the name. I think maybe it was The Sticky Point or The Sticking Point. Maybe you guys have read it. I think it's that book. I always get his books all confused because they're all just fascinating and they're all, you know, there's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if you look in front of you, you two guys have a keyboard right in front of you. Yeah. And the mm -hmm. keyboard they know is not the best for our brains. There are better keyboards out there that align yes. with our brains as far as the alphabet. Yeah. But we as humans have just gotten so used to this keyboard, especially in English, that says QWERTY, Q-U-Q-W-E-R-T-Y. Yep. We, this is the one we use. So I think about that a lot when I think about Solana. Do uh, Solana Ethereum. Do I think Ethereum is flawed? Yes. I also think that because Vitalik has come out and been like, yo, this thing's kind of whack. He's like, been wavering. And I was going to bring that up before and, we ended. He's yeah, been wavering. And, and he's been wavering. And so that's not great, right? You don't want someone to come out and be like, hey, the thing I created, eh, it's got a lot of holes in it. Um, <laughs> I think that there's a difference between like self-reflective feedback and then also Vitalik falling apart on Twitter. So I hear that yeah. and I'm like, oh, this is not good. Yeah, but yeah. I go back to the keyboard and it's like the things that make the most sense don't always stick if the adoption is so great. And I think that that could be Ethereum, even as it pushes into 2.0, it yeah. may just be so big that it hangs around because I don't really see yeah. Ethereum, however, as money. I see it total as an interchangeable software. Yeah. Um, and they're going to, going to just okay. keep adding on to it. And I think that there's enough people that have like I said, it's, it's market value is almost 11 X of what Solana is. So yeah. there's a lot of money on the table and people for, you know, there's a lot of financial incentive for people to consider to continually uh, solve the next problem. And really yeah. that's all people who are building is just solving the next problem, creating a problem, solving it and moving forward. And I think 2.0, I think it will happen. I know that they've even changed the name. They don't want to use 2.0 anymore because it's gotten oh, such a bad the name. Rap. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, it's like yeah. a uh, crypto STD. You don't want to say you got 2.0 oh, anymore. But uh, <laughs> I know that they came out, the foundation's like, we're calling it something different, but everyone, I will still continue to call it 2.0. Yeah. So anyways, well, I've spoken for a long time, but mm -mm, uh, mm -mm. please, either of you. Go ahead, Jay. I was going to say, I'm going to, I'll make one last point on that and just follow up on what Jarrett was saying. Um, I feel like we've had so many crypto leaders become matters. Like, you know, they, they, they were 
the ones out front and then eventually something happens yes. and they either, you know, disappear or you know, public perception turns against them and, and they, they got to head, head into the background. And, you know, Ethereum is Vitalik. Like without Vitalik, there is no Ethereum. If, if something like that happens to Vitalik, I, I, th I also think Ethereum goes down as well. But that, that that's my last Interesting. point. Interesting. It's weird. So our greatest strengths are our greatest weaknesses. I fully believe that. And the greatest strength of crypto, um, we're, we're only starting to learn that it is also its greatest weakness with the one exception. It, it, it could be said the other way. This greatest weakness has become its greatest strength. In the case of Bitcoin, to what we're talking about founders, I do agree. The fact that Bitcoin and Satoshi has this myth of Satoshi not being involved from the get-go has allowed the technology to just be what it is. And there's a purity to Bitcoin itself that I think will make it resilient. Um, it won't have another kid with its children, with its uh, coworker at Neuralink. It won't, you know, it won't try to buy up another thing. It won't be Vitalik taking photos with like- That's a good segue, Grant. Like That's a nice segue. I like what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Porn <laughs> stars like Vitalik who went to some show in Vegas and he, there's photos of him with standing next to a porn star not knowing and he looks a little thirsty. You know, I mean like, so Bitcoin, <laughs> Bitcoin is pure from that it's regard. It's hot. It's hot in Las Vegas, Grant. It is hot in Las <laughs> Vegas, bro. And so I think what we're seeing, like, especially to Blossom's comment down here, which I can't agree with more, I don't believe Cardano is going to do much regarding NFTs. It is so far and away from a technology coding perspective. Cardano is so far ahead of Solana, of Ethereum, of all of them. Because it's been in, it's been in a what do they call it a stealth mode for so long. It's a fully operational, complete smart contracts, complete NFTs. But what wins? And in the market, forget the fact that we're being sold on this concept of like the cyberpunk future of crypto. What works for human nature is marketing, and 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 market share. Like we keep pointing to market cap, and I keep thinking, wait, what would it matter? If Solana overtakes Ethereum market cap, so long as it's the roads of uh, of crypto, Solana's winning the marketing game. And by that, I mean you can tell, to Blossom's point, in the NFTs, the NFTs, forgive me, the NFTs are just cooler in Solana than they are in Cardano. Cardano is decent. There's a whole virtual world called Worlds Within, which I own some of. It's a phenomenal phenomenal 3d augmented reality world that's like a true metaverse it's it's set up it's done it's ready but it's not sandbox it's not as cool as some of these other and then you've got things like this to your point about size jared sandbox is just they're just behemoths it, 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 there's functions of sandbox that run on ethereum even though sandbox has its own coin its own token its own platform some of these are already established and so if if they can just hold it together, if they can just hold Vitalik together long enough and there's enough adoption that it's just too big to fail and can get to the merge and beyond, I think they will they will remain the behemoth they are just by first to market from that regard. But I don't think they'll win the currency wars, which means they might not win the market cap award. But in terms of the, they might become the code, like give it 10 years. These will all, we won't even refer to this in generalities anymore. We will refer to it like, well, what's the software DeFi market? And we'll list. Okay, well, here's, you know, Ethereum, it's at the top and here's Solana. What's the NFT DeFi market doing? And 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 they'll be talking about certain platforms regarding that. What's the currencies? Like, I think it will actually polarize like that to for people to get their head around the purpose of the currency, even though they're multi-purpose. Go ahead. I saw someone lean forward. No. Anyways, let's. Uh, I was just gonna say we're already we already burned thirty minutes on this on this no hot we didn't button issue hot <laughs> button did. issue burned thirty <laughs> minutes. We did go so, thirty minutes. What was the net result then? Cap us off. Summarize us. Ethereum's dead. Well, for me, Ethereum isn't dead. I think we're also just in a bear market, and I think sure. when things go down a lot, I think sure. people get really negative, and I think Vitalik's tweets don't help, and I think the fact that we've been waiting for Prom, aka 2.0, which is not 2.0, but I'm going to call 2.0, <laughs> I think, you know, the, the limo's ready. People are ready to do this thing, yeah. right? So 
we'll see what happens. I don't think it's dead, but I was very surprised to hear, uh, you know, that Jay, Jay was saying it's going to go down. And I have other friends, if, if you're listening, who've also said that they think it's actually like my buddy said, oh, in six months, I think it's going to go to zero. And I was super what? shocked. Yeah. Now, I mean, obviously he's a little hyperbolic. I don't think it's going to go to zero, but like, sure. you know, if it hits $200, that's kind of like zero for a lot of people. So yeah. Anyway, Jay, do we want to trans transition into non-crypto stuff? What do you got with that? Yeah, well, let, 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 let's do the non-crypto stuff. But, but just for anyone who's listening, don't Google Vitalik with the Ponza. That That's not safe for work stuff. But no. <laughs> just so that no. No. Not safe. <laughs> good old. That's a good old LinkedIn. That's Jay's LinkedIn mind. Somebody's there. He's just like at his desk or whatever. And exactly. They're an accounting like, firm. Oh, v Vitalik with the Ponza? I want to see that photo. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Hey. It won't, it won't go well. That. It won't go well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but uh, not non-crypto stuff. So I've been trying to hire some, some interns to do some podcast stuff for me. And someone gave me a link to this, um, this internship site in India. It's called internjala.com. And you know, like when I was doing my, my degree they always tell you that the people reviewing your resume only look at it for like 30 seconds and then move on they've got like yeah. a stack of 100 and i always thought oh, that's not true that you know they gotta be spending at least a couple minutes looking at the resume yo i'm it's 100 percent true even me as i'm doing it i'm like uh you know like less than 30 seconds maybe five seconds <laughs> <laughs> and so i've been thinking about it like i think go ahead uh, Jay, I'm so sorry. It, it, it's breaking up a little bit, but I just wanted to ask you if you could outline, if you're giving somebody five seconds, which they say, if you're in an art gallery, you look at a piece of art for less than two seconds. Fun fact. What are you looking at on the resume in five seconds? Like, <laughs> are you looking for just the letters NFT? Like, what are you looking at? <laughs> uh, I, so I, I figured out that like most of the people who are coming in, who, who I'm getting resumes from are like music producers. And that's the first thing that I'm getting rid of. Like, uh, you know, so I'm not looking for whether or not you have the right qualifications. It's easier for me to check and see if you have the wrong qualifications and just look for oh. that and get rid of those people really quickly and then do a second take around who, who else is left. And interesting. Yeah. And it's called intern Shala. Intern Shala. Interesting. That's I'll awesome. have to look yeah. that up. Have you have you hired for remote workers or, or uh, virtual assistants before? Yeah, I, so I've recently started doing it, and it's been working pretty well. And so I've yeah. started like expanding it and seeing if I can find other people to to take on some other responsibilities. Have and, you heard? You know, have you, Jarrett, hired anybody virtual assistant wise? Um, yeah, but on a project to project basis. If I ever need some data crunching, I just have some. Friends Upwork. in Guatemala and Colombia who I can just, oh. they're friends. And I just say, hey, what's up? And then I hit them with Zoom. I don't know if you know that X-O-O-M. It's PayPal's international way to yes. send money. Mm -hmm. um, I've done that in the past. And actually, I'm in the, it's actually really ironic you bring this up. Jay, I feel like our lives are just mirrored. But I'm also in the process of onboarding a couple people, some writers to do writing for more than blockchain. And because I've got the audio. That's pumping. I'm getting my commitment. I've done 17 weeks straight on the same day, getting a podcast out, which is pretty sweet. Small, you know, it's the small steps. Uh, nice. It's that compound interest. But I am currently interviewing and maybe some of them are even watching this. So I'm currently trying to figure out what's going to be the best fit and how that's going to work. Yeah. So I've been working with remote workers since 2004. When Tim Ferriss's book first came out and yep. he uh, his first first book and he talked about uh, remote work back then and uh, you should have a muse business basically that that is your money machine that just covers your bills and then you arbitrage as much of your time back to yourself as possible. Um, uh, what I was going to ask is, is how are you both deciding what tasks to hand off? either of you or one than the other jay you want to go the the tasks that make me the least money yeah interesting so you know you know i appreciate that so mm. uh hang on real quick i got an ac guy i appreciate that do it my my, my ac's down do it 
and I got to reschedule my other guy. Hang on. Oh, sounds like okay. a sounds like a Florida problem. Great. It is a Florida problem, bro. <laughs> but you were the one who said your room's hot. Um, oh, I'm sweating. This is yeah. I'm in a sweat. I'm in a sweat lodge. So uh, I've got I've got a group and it's a group out of Gujarat and I've worked a lot with Indians. I've worked a lot with Filipinos. I've just begun exploring Latin America. But they, the ones that are approaching me that I have access to are standing on this fact of when people think about my country, in this case, a lot of them are Venezuelan, they see us as poor. So we're going to price ourselves equal to developed countries and they're pricing themselves out of the work. Like I don't need the work if there's no arbitrage. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I, I feel bad being a humanitarian at heart, but when it comes to the business, like, so Jay, you just answered right off the bat without hesitating um, that uh, you, the ones you don't make money at, that's interesting to me because I've told my team only give to the remote workers, DPAs dollar producing activities. Cause I need to, I need to be able to scale that. And this is for context. I have a, the web, the main company I'm talking about is the website company. Yeah. We're getting a chunk of change and I need to have a spread that I'm not working. So we've got to be able to, there are cost of goods sold our cogs. So are you just investing Jay to get your time back because you're either selling or creating yeah. content? You, you're seeing it as an investment, not a cost of goods sold. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get my time back so that I could put that time into making more money. And then you eventually maybe I'll, I'll get to, to where you are. <laughs> That's too funny. Florida. Uh, you mean Florida? Jeff. Yeah, oh, yeah. You yeah. can just come down. Like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel that. Um, I feel that. So have you, so have you guys hired for work like that, that whatever for something that was part of your cost of goods of something produced, either a product or a service? Just curious. I guess I have in a way years ago, I had a t-shirt company and all the t-shirts were made. Uh, they were made in Cambodia. So indirectly, I mean, I had like a wholesaler agreement essentially with them. So, but it wasn't kind of on this more contractual freelance basis that I think we're talking about now, especially if you're talking about your websites yeah. or Jay, if you're talking about content creation, getting someone to help you edit stuff. So it's quicker because one of the things that I'm really looking for, and I'm hoping to find this person in Latin America is someone to just do video. And I think we both talked about this at length, but if I can just send someone raw video and then they can put on the captions and they can put on all this stuff and they can kind of make yeah. it look jazzy, that to me is gold. Uh, because I, you know, here, here's my thing, Jay, you said it has to be, you know, great. You said it has to be dollar producing activities. Jay, you're like, you know, cream cash rolls everything around me. For me, it's the other way. I am just trying to find things that would take up my time. Um, I don't mm. necessarily think by getting a writer to help out more than blockchain, I'm going to be making like Benjamin's or Ethereum overnight, but I'm still trying to build out that brand and <laughs> You know, I, so, so that's right. But what, what I was going to say about the, uh, God, I think I lost my train of thought because I was thinking about the arbitrage of all this. Yeah. Um, I lost my, I totally lost my thought. No worries. We can come it's back. Gone. Just raise your hand if we come back to that. I'll raise my <laughs> hand. Yeah, raise your hand. <laughs> so, so Jay, I, I am curious about this paradigm because I'm always looking for paradigmatic shifts. What if, if you're hiring people and maybe you're doing it similar to what Jared's talking about, you just, you're, you, you already said this, actually, you're trying to get your time back, but it doesn't make money. But if you're trying to get your time back, what you're doing isn't making money either. Or is there an activity, you know, that you can focus on that if you focus on it, that is the dollar producing activity. And, and I see you nodding. So then that leads That's to the, the next idea. question. What is the dollar producing activity for what you're trying to do next that you're focused on? It's build, building that whole podcast ecosystem, trying to build a podcast empire out here. You know, you can't do it if you're hunched over editing podcasts all day. But you, what you is gotta... that actual tactical action? What is that? Oh, uh, it's meeting people. Uh, talk, oh, talk, talking to you know, networking, fi finding people who to, to partner with, to, to become your sponsors, to, you know, um, persons who are eventually going to help you to, develop products it's all of that stuff that's interesting uh, jared you mentioned time so dollars aren't even really circulating your life but if you're getting time back is it because you're investing that time in something you believe boop, 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 will pay off 
or is it literally you're just in a seasonal life where grant i'm not trying to scale nothing so if i could just have my time back like literally it would be leisure like i'd read a flipping book or create another episode like what what is the investment for you yeah, this is a really good question. And I'm wrapping my head around that right now. But basically, my I say all the time to myself, my nine to five is web two, even though here we are in the afternoon, I take my times off now on Tuesday, my nine to five is web two, and then my five to nine is web three. But what I'm trying, so basically, I I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, how much money do I need to live on? Okay, how much money do I need to invest? Okay, how much money do I have left over to get to clone myself so I can get more content out? Am I okay with that? No, nah, okay. Because I really think that during this bear market, crypto or whatever you want to call it, up until probably January of 2024, there is just going to be a more and more of a vacuum of silence around crypto, around three, around NFTs. Even if you go on LinkedIn now, it's even quieter. Twitter's just deepen. gotten super sarcastic and super just kind of like, you know, dark memes about stuff. So I'm just trying to, what's up, Billy? I Billy's my guy. To... He comes on my show every morning because I open my other show with Morning Cup of Gratitude. And he, Billy, <laughs> Billy's bet on the show. He's a real estate investor on the East Coast and throughout oh, Central up? Florida. He's an awesome real estate guy. Keep going what's there, up, Jared. Billy? What's up, Billy? Um, so, so I guess that's kind of where it is. And if I have more time, Grant, you and I have talked about this. And I think we actually, the three of us have talked about this off show. I'm, I'm really, I've decided the other day that I want to get back in shape. And so for me having an extra hour... Exactly. For me, having an extra hour to be able to dedicate to that, whether it's going on a bike ride, kayaking, running, just trying to be active yeah. is really, really important. And yeah. so that's kind of where I am. Um, that's a yeah. dollar producing activity, too. And and I hate to boil things down to that. So you guys might not know me well enough, but like I started in the ministry and in the ministry and in personal development, everything was about giving. And like warrior level of giving, like even when someone was obviously taking advantage of you, you'd go and you cut ties, but you would just, you wouldn't fight it. You wouldn't take it to court. You wouldn't insist on profit margins when DoorDash forgot your drink. You wouldn't insist on a refund. And like, you know, like those sorts of small things, your heart just wasn't in that. And as I've gone through business, I realize everyone is looking out for number one. So I, I, from a, I, oh, I compartmentalize when I'm talking about business, the business does have to make sense. I have employees that I'm trying to take care of and I treat them as my first clients. I've got remote workers in India who are depending on this income. Uh, and then obviously the beneficiaries are my clients. So I try to make sure that everything is done, uh, stewarding things well, but I just met today as an anecdote. Uh, uh, I say met, I reconnected or spoke with an old acquaintance of mine used to live here in town, moved to a local beach town. And his business was booming, and he just dropped a testimony on me. He said, Grant, we had our first $40,000 month. And I said, that's fantastic. It's a, it's a photography company. And, um, uh, and I was asking him uh, about this, and he looks extraordinarily well. Well, come to think of it, he offers uh, services that are parallel to mine. Uh, website stuff. And it's in another city, and he does more photography now, more videography, but he used to do the same thing. He mentioned that his last package, his last package was an $8,000 package. And I started looking at it and he's charging the same thing. He's charging for the same level of service that I provide at $3,200. The difference, he's fit. He's strong. He looks good. He doesn't even dress up with a tie because it's a beach town. He can get by dressing down, but he is in such good shape and is so self-confident that when he walks in a room, he just charges what he wants and they give it to him. And so I've been thinking a lot about fitness. Jared, you and I talked about it the, uh, the other day, I think, but I have like, you know what? It's a business investment for me to leave in the middle of the day for my second workout of the day to feed myself right because what if I were what if I were so fit and I have been in my in my history I've been this fit where you could literally wear a trash bag and you make it look good. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's I mean, just make any outfit look good and you walk into a room with complete bravado and you go, "This is my pricing. I'm sorry." Yeah, that's kind of what Gary V does from a brand perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so I think it is a dollar producing activity, Jared. I think I think it's I, it's an investment. Yeah, working out know? for sure. Yo, yeah, what's, I, up? what's I, up, Victor? Victor in the is, is Victor too. Victor pop up? Oh, what's up, Victor? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Billy Weigel is a crypto investor. He and I have talked extensively about crypto. Go ahead, Jared. Oh, amazing. Yeah, Billy, Victor. Hey, guys. Yeah, you know what it is the other day, and I think Grant, you and I spoke about it. It's like getting in shape, whatever your definition of in shape is. 
For yeah. some people, that's they want their heart rate around a certain place. For some people, yeah. they want to be able to fit in the jeans. For some people, they want to lower their BMI. For some people, their doctors like if you don't start moving your body, you're going to die in like two months. Yeah. So whatever it is, I think that when you come across someone who's fit, it's the real proof of work because there is yeah, no shortcut to I, get I totally there. took this. I love this. Yeah, it's the it's the real proof of work, right? And it's um it, it's just an incredible thing. So, anyways, I'm currently doing that. And actually, Grant, I'm gonna ask you to share the story. I think you shared it with me yeah. about the car and the buying of the car. Did you give me this example or did I see this on social media and I thought that we had this conversation? Okay. <laughs> I don't think this was me. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So I'll 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 tell you this. My current initiative is that I want to brush my teeth without belly fat jiggling. I uh -huh. love that. That is amazing. <laughs> and sidebar, you guys gotta connect with Shane Mahoney. Check him out. He has okay, Lugos cool. Travel, high end, ultra high end, can be ultra high end, but it doesn't have to be. Uh excellent travel packages. This guy did the James Bond experience. I did a podcast before I was even podcasting with him about someone could come in and at the time it was only 150,000 and now it's like $250,000 trip. But you got trained as James Bond. You got to drive the car. You got to keep the fitted suit, the watch, the everything. He's a guy to watch right there. So that, that's a... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, top notch there. I'm excited to see his uh, Vitalik package because you're going to yeah. get flip flops. <laughs> well, he's like working a, on uh, fitness now too. He he and I have been talking uh, it, through Messenger about fitness and protein count and whatnot. But uh, so, what's his car example? Tell me this car example. Oh, okay. So this is crazy. So I I've always felt well. First of all, let me let, let me give some context in this. Years ago, I was living in New York City, and at that time, I was a college soccer coach, and on my team. We had the team was like 15, 16 kids. And on the team, there was probably 11 or 12 native languages. So the kids were from all over the world. Wow. Super yeah. universal team. Yeah. And we were just talking about, I remember one day I had this very interesting conversation because many of them were not from the United States. And they were just saying, and we were talking about fashion. And if you've ever been outside the United States, you're always come home and you're like, why is everyone wearing pajamas? Right? Like, why is everyone wearing Crocs? <laughs> like everyone looks super cash. Yeah. And in the rest of the world, if I go into a Gucci store, for example, and I've just come from the gym, so I have a sweaty shirt and I have my like shorts on, I got my running shoes on, I'm not going to get the time of day. They may not even let me in because appearance right. is that important. That's right. However, we were just talking about how when we're, because we like would walk down Fifth Avenue in New York and you have all these big brand names, we could go in and because we had athletic clothes on, people would think we're more like we're worth more than if we'd gone in with a suit. Yeah. Because we live in a society now where it's like, oh, yeah, you don't know that curse. That person can be a multimillionaire. They just went to the gym or whatever. Yeah. So taking that and then superimposing that over this story that I heard. And Grant, I, I could have swore you told me this, but I don't think it was I just, me. I don't talk about cars often. Maybe, maybe. Okay. Go ahead. So it was this guy and it was he had asked he had asked he had asked this guru. This is some guru on like an Instagram reel. And he was I do like, remember hey. now. Go ahead. This was me. <laughs> okay, then can you can you tell the story? Because it's, yeah, it's I'll, 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 I'll summarize it for the viewing audience. And and Shane, if you're still watching, you'll dig this too. This guy was at a, at a at a marketing conference, and there was and he was Mr. Guru at the front, and he was telling them like, don't get sucked into trappings, don't get sucked in the gold, don't get sucked in the bling, don't get sucked in the cars and chicks and all this different stuff. And I think Evan told us on the show actually, or something near it, when we were talking about putting putting only fan girls in the back of our of our show because the one of the guys in the audience says well i don't know about that because i i see the real proof that when i do the bling things um it's better for my business And he's like what are you talking about he said well when i was driving a uh sedan my cost of acquisition of a new lead was like seven bucks and then i bought uh, a a lambo and it went down to 420 and he's like your cost of acquisition went from seven to 420 and he says yeah i just put the lambo in the background and I didn't do anything else with it. And they're like, what? And and it, he's a nerd. He's a skinny nerd, acne face. And he's like, no, I killed it. He said, and he said, well, what are you going to do next? He said, I think I'm going to buy a McLaren. <laughs> and he's like, what? He goes, maybe it'll go down to $2 of acquisition. Is that the story you're talking about? That's the story I'm talking about. And I just think it speaks to the larger, and it almost goes full circle back to the marketing of Solana mm -hmm. and the fact that Solana is going to put out a phone. Because when Solana puts out True. their phone, you're, you're going to be able to buy it with Solana. I'm going to get one just because I have to get this web three phone. I have to play with it. I have to know how it works. I want to know the inside and out. Yeah. Right. I, I just, come on, you know, you got to, it's yeah. like, 
for techies back in the day. Like you, some people just got the iPhone, even if they weren't going to use it. Yeah. They were just like, they wanted to be up on it to yes. know, you know, to, to, to be close to it. It's why we, Jay and I buy, bought the Oculus, you know, yeah. we want to know what this thing is about. And, and it's why, I mean, Elon's talking about Tesla with flamethrowers and all the stuff. And now the Tesla cell phone. And it's like, how is this even related? And can he come up with a reason? Yes. And can he engineer something? If he cared to, when he cares to, he can. But there's something about uh, the flash that I really do think is important. And Vitalik, for, for going back to our conversation about Ethereum a little bit, He's right now seeming like, seeming like a person who doesn't know what to do with his success. So he seems like he's a candle in the wind. He's frail. And he seems like like he's a he's a candle wick burning out. And he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. What's up for act two? I don't even freaking know. And so he looks like he's melting. And this is why I, I, I got to absolutely give Elon props. In spite of his personal life seeming like it's getting a little weird, Um you have to hand it to him that he still brings an X factor to his projects. And then we have to then reflect on, well, what in the cryptocurrency world is doing this? Our greatest strength is, I truly believe this. Our greatest strength is our greatest weakness. The greatest weakness to all crypto is decentralization. Whew. It's its greatest strength, but its long-term adoption will be its greatest weakness because what everyone hates to admit, they want leadership to follow. They want to look up to somebody. This is why no, Bitcoin will be okay. the outlier because we all do secretly look up to this dude, Satoshi, who was smart Satoshi. enough to create this shit but had the yeah. zen enough to walk away. And it was like, dude, this guy had, this guy had the master plan. That's just mm -hmm. my two cents. That's, that's my hot take. <laughs> Jay, what do you think about that? I, I like it. It, it. it makes sense. Um, uh -oh. <laughs> like there are no like large leaderless followings, right? Like you think of like, you know, it, it, the, lots of people around the world are, are religious and there, there are no religions that don't have a single leader. That's true. The, the closest. There are, there are, but they're not, they're not global no, religions. Not, not global religions. The closest yeah. is Taoism. It's the closest. Buddhism has Buddha, whether it likes mm -hmm. it or not. I, I I would agree with the trend. There's all we can always find exceptions, right? But if we're talking about markets, and we're talking about economic behaviors, we're talking about averages, and we're talking about aggregates and people. I'm an individual, you know. But even when you, Mister Bitcoin Maxi, even when you are quoting Bitcoin Maxis, who are you pointing to? Michael Saylor. Me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Michael Saylor or Raoul Paul, or I'm, I'm not yeah. even really sure. I'm not, you know, that's a really interesting thing that I really never considered. And also Shane Mahoney said, never take financial advice from a homeless person. Great advice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just want to call that out before we went on the screen. Um, I've never really thought about that, but it's totally true. Think about any, exactly what happens to ETH if something, yeah, what happens to ETH if something happens to Vitalik? That's a really good question. I think the price would probably go down by 50% in one whole day. Easily. I don't know what would happen after that. I think the project is strong enough that it would bounce back. So if something did happen to Vitalik, I think it'd be a crazy buy signal. I know that may be morbid, um, but you know, news moves markets. Um, but what was I going to say? I, I can't think of anything in the world that is global as far as a brand that isn't tied to a persona. I don't care if this is a sports team. I don't Great. care if it's, I'm just thinking about global brands. And for yeah. me, the global brands are cryptocurrency, the US dollar, and then there's like five soccer teams that everyone has a jersey on somewhere in the world. Yeah. Um, and all of those are tied to some folklore of probably a player or a team or a person right. or a personality. Um, a hero? A What'd you say there, mm -hmm. Jay, uh, Jay? A moment, moment in time. Yeah. I mean, even the companies we want to hate, we will look at them close enough until there's an individual behind them to hate. Zuckerberg, right? It was, well, he became he he went from hero to villain in very mm -hmm. short time, right? Yeah. When he was in his studying under Jack Welch era, we all were rooting for this guy who didn't finish college and mm -hmm. and 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 struck it out. But then we saw the movie The Network, and then he was kind of weird, and now he's pasty, <laughs> and then he and then we've changed our entire tune about big data, and yeah. and the same with Elon. Elon's story <laughs> is changing. <laughs> you okay with that, Jerry? I am. I am. I just love it. 
Um, but then, but the same the same as flipping with Elon now. People, the society is deciding. Wait, do we like geniuses or not? Mm -hmm. You know. But yeah. then you is have, Elon a genius? I believe so. I believe uh, proof of work. Proof of work yeah. says he is. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and even hacking the IQ arena, which I think I, I think his IQ has been off the uh, rated as off the charts, but IQ can dwindle and change. We know it, that's a very subjective measurement. But what isn't subjective is proof of work. He keeps putting mm -hmm. out, and both in children and in <laughs> other things. Um, <laughs> but uh, but like oh even God. BlackRock. Like even the G summit, what is it? The G seven summits. Once we find out the CEOs of these hated companies, then they become our target, mm -hmm. and we and we pick. So I, I I think it's about personas, and I think about the Vitalik to answer this question, Blossom. What happens if to ETH if something happens? Um, uh, that's an interesting article. We'll probably have to cover that one next time, bro. Um, <laughs> know, what happens to ETH to... if something happens to Vitalik? I fully believe that in what Jarrett said, 100%. You're going to see this thing drop. The next question is, does someone step up to lead? Ooh, who would lead ETH if it weren't for Vitalik? Jay, any Here's answer? Here's a crazy answer. Craziest answer. Kathy Woods. Not directly. As a girl, as, as, a, as a boss lady who has been a fan and called for $40,000 ETH as an investor who's respected, she is the closest thing to a widely known persona that backs ETH as a project. Would she pull it off? I'm not saying mm. she'd pull it off. I'm saying she, like she would be the voice many people turn to, like, does this have legs? Then immediately someone from within the project needs to step up. And I'll tell you what, Charles Hoskins would support it. Vocally. He would vocally so not, support Whisper. What? How about Mark Cuban. Maybe. Mark Cuban could be a really good one. Kathy Woods, I just think she has too much. I don't think someone who runs a hedge fund can be the face of it. I think that's mm -hmm. why you have Sailor who just runs temporary a prop. like temporary prop. Kathy Woods has called for $80,000 ETH by 2030, oh. 2032. Wow. Um, okay. That's and that kind of follows the whole if Bitcoin's at a million, then it's 8 to 10 per 8 to 12%. That's all that is. Interesting. Um, in market cap i think that that's that's where you know that's, that's where reason i don't know how she gets to those numbers but i actually do you, do you guys have any ideas what number kathy wood has put out for solana because if she's calling for an eighty thousand dollar bitcoin which is 80x from today uh if you what's solana trading at right now 33 oh so yeah 2400 solana it was up be, to 300 right 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 so then that's only eight right okay that'd be ridiculous uh, I don't know if she's predicted much about Solana. I think as this market begins to turn, we'll hear more from her on it because as a hedge fund owner, she can't ignore the whales and she can't ignore the VCs. Um, she's had obvious predictions about the biggies, but I don't think she's ventured into second tier uh, markets. And when you think about, like, do you mm -hmm. guys know the difference between layer one and layer two? I mean, really? So Polkadot, is technically uh, a layer two Ethereum. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and which means that not only are you going to have the fanboys and fangirls of Ethereum who step in uh, and, and, and clamor for a leader, right? You're also going to have leadership. Mm -hmm. Polygon is a pretty strong project with strong leadership. Yeah. And they're a bridge technically, and it's not soul to Ethereum. They're, they're a multi-network bridge. And I mean, there's a lot going on to uh, uh, Matic. Um, Polkadot itself could spin off on its own currency. So, I mean, I think you might see maybe what we need to do is maybe we need to do our homework and look at some of the leaders of these layer two second tier uh, organizations. And let me tell you something with the stakes for the billionaires, the overnight billionaires at Ethereum, I'm willing to bet some big brains are already talking about, hey, Vitalik. Are you okay, bro? Do we need to bring Steve in or Stacy? I think they're warming the bench already. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Dude? The thing is, I actually think I actually think Vitalik is fine. I just think Vitalik. Yeah, here's the thing. I think Vitalik is totally fine. I don't think there's any problem with him. I just don't think he fits the kind of like very outspoken kind of 
bravado maybe that we're used to and a guy like Mark Cuban and a guy like Michael Saylor and somebody like Raul Paul and somebody like Elon Musk or someone like Kathy Woods who feel very confident in getting up and saying what they want to say. If you're not mm. a good communicator and you're a leader of the world, that can I be agree. really, really tough. And people will take that for weakness or sloppiness or you know lack of That's vision. But really, you just may not be the best communicator. And I think <clears> if you go down in history, there's been like, you know, international leaders that maybe just weren't the best. Like yeah. if Joe Biden were able to speak as well as any of us, people would have less doubt about him. But yeah, he has or at a least stutter, no, yeah. he can get lost. I know that you know he's getting to an older age. So not being able to be a great communicator can really, really yes. uh, mess up the message. And yeah. I and I think that so my point being, if it weren't Vitalik and Elon was running Ethereum, would you think different about Ethereum? One hundred percent. Because if the answer is yes, then it's not yeah. so much about the tech, it's about this other thing. Well, and that's it's the my human point. dynamic. That's my point. I don't think the tech hardly matters for anything except uh, to the public. I'm sorry, to the public, to the not public, necessarily yeah. to the future. I'm talking about from the market face. I don't think the tech matters to anyone except maybe Bitcoin because it's the purity of its model, right? And maybe Ethereum mm -hmm. because of the largeness of its model. But I'd like to hear from Victor. Hey, Victor, at some point, I'd love to hear your uh, your take on polygon as a garage sale so many fake projects now to me fake yeah because because fake projects isn't an indication of a garage sale i mean how many fake projects were there in ethereum but i do want to hear um other takes on this because i'd love to adjust my view on if something is just trash or not i know to his point i had four hundred dollars of ethereum stuck in a bridge on polygon literally for two years until the fees came down enough to be less than the transfer amount. <laughs> I, I've had the same thing. I've had a Polygon NFT that I've been trying to send to Jeff and I can't do it. It's it's literally, we, we joke about it. It's lost in the ether. Literally just, the ether. No, it's literally lost in the ether. <laughs> yeah. um, we've now that's, gone over an hour. That's okay. We, wanna, we could wrap it up. Well, one of the things I wanted to say, what I've gotten from this is that decentralization may not be the future, right? If you want to go with that. But what may be the future, and I wholeheartedly believe this, is interoperability. When you can play in two yeah. or three different playgrounds at the same time, like you're talking mm -hmm. about Solana, you can run code, Jay. I think you made I that mention or grant. You know, Polygon, if it can be a layer two for and solve a bunch of different issues, whatever that is, because the future, in order for us to get to, you know, the metaverse where you can hang out with anybody from anywhere and exchange value, you're going to have to have a lot more bridges than there are walls. And that's going to yeah. come down to the software. Well, and ironically, though, the one we've talked about that is the most centralized is Solana. And Solana built on C and Rust lends itself to not even needing bridges. And it's more affordable. I'm telling you, I think it's fractions for transfers like Cardano. And so it's ironic, but I, I, we can't just disregard the billionaire investment VCs they're, they're, they have that amount of money for a reason, and they're smart, and they're in the tech way more than we are. And not that they're God's gift. we got to also be cautious with them. But everything we've said today, I'll say this, everything we've said today starts to make a healthy case in my heart for Solana in the next bull run. I might stack a little bit. I have to be honest. So this is also a good time for us to maybe put out the idea. Let's put and this out, and then i got to run, but let's put this out. All right is that the three of us are all going to put in 100 doll hairs oh, yeah. and we're going to invest. And I think Solana has <laughs> got to be a part of that investment just because we're going to be able to track it in real time. Okay. Say, hey, where is it? Where's it going? Because it. if Solana was up to about 300 and it's down to 30, that's 10 X, right? Yeah. Ethereum has gone up to 4,500 and now it's down to a thousand. So that's five, less than five. You know, so like when you think about the next bull run going yeah. 70, 30, Ethereum 70 and Solana 30, you may end yeah. up at the end with the same amount, you know, so you can hedge between the two if you are an Ethereum head like myself. And yeah. I'm just speaking out loud my own my own thoughts here. <laughs> um, Jay, do you want to do you want to do you want to finish this one out? Jay? <laughs> sure. <laughs> How, how are we going to finish it out? I mean, I, 
Jay, Jay, Jay lost power for an entire second and then got power back. <laughs> I mean, it's, so, it sounds uh, well, like let a me cool. Like, that it, it, would, it would be cool. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, my bad. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think it, it would be cool. Like, maybe if we turn it into like a little competition, like if, you know, like we all had joined this conversation, I think our own picks as to which blockchain is eventually going to win out. Maybe we invest in that and we see at the end of the bear market, you know, who's got the highest percentage increase or something like that. Oh, shit. You'd have that's... to see at the end of the bull market who's got the highest Yeah, at the end of the bull market. Yeah. We'll have, we have to, to pick, put a maybe date. We'll pick, yeah, maybe we pick several days. I kind of like the idea of a competition. And and what we were talking about for the viewers who watch us now or later is uh, kicking off the show with a quick summary of where our investments are at. Let's talk offline, gentlemen about how we're going to allocate those funds and let's make it fun for the people to pit us against one another. I'm already thinking I'm team Cardano, but I don't know. This conversation makes me lean towards Solana. <laughs> All right. Who's going to close us? I asked Jay, but he froze the, uh, the Louvre's Wi-Fi went off. <laughs> yeah, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> you close it out. Uh, Jay, go for it. Uh, what was I going to say? We'll be back next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And make sure you follow us on, where are we? YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Not Crypto Bros. And I think Nick Widmer said yes. He'll come on. I'm sure Victor will be down. But I yeah, think starting in August, maybe we'll start adding in another, you know, face to the Brady Bunch situation we got going on yeah. here to, to, to level it out. But uh, I think that's it. So thank you for awesome. joining us. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great day. Check us out at notcryptobros.xyz.